welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Welcome to Positively West Virginia. Each week on our podcast, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with listeners just like you all across America. Our goal is to help educate and motivate our audience with these inspirational business stories. All of our guests are people who are absolutely getting it done in business in West Virginia, and I'm convinced we can all learn a lot from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to learn about Jill Scarborough McLaurie and her company, Bright Futures Learning Services. Jill, are you ready to get down to business? I am, Jim. Let's do this. All right. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast to share your story. Jill Scarborough McLaurie is the owner of Bright Futures Learning Services, headquartered in Winfield, West Virginia, in Putnam County. Jill was just named Small Business Administration Woman-Owned Small Business of the Year for 2019, which is incredible. Bright Futures is a team of committed people who believe that every child can and has the right to learn. Jill has provided applied behavior analysis services to individuals with autism and other disabilities since 1997. A little background, she earned her bachelor's degree in special education with concentrations in mental impairments and physical handicaps from Marshall University in 1999 and continued her focus on autism intervention by receiving a master's of science in behavior analysis from the University of North Texas in 2004. After operating a private practice in in Texas for a while, Jill and her daughter Caroline returned home to West Virginia in 2006 where Jill became the first board-certified behavior analyst in Southern West Virginia and director-owner of Bright Futures Learning Services. Jill maintains close contact with national experts uh, and strives to assure that Bright Futures stays on the cutting edge of her field. As a founding member of Mountaineer Autism Project, she worked to pass autism insurance legislation and continues to work towards system change that gives access to evidence-based treatment to all of West Virginia. She's also the founder of Community Autism Resources and Education System. The acronym is CARES. You may have heard of that. Uh, a founding member and past president of the West Virginia Behavior Analysis, An- Analysis Association and West Virginia's policy chair for Autism Speaks. I invi- invited Jill on the show today to talk about her company and to share a story and to give our audience some valuable insight into her business right here in West Virginia. Jill, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro that I just gave and give us a little behind the curtain look into your company. Sure. Well, thank you, Jim. And that, that was a lot. So (laughs) most of it. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, at Bright Futures, we provide applied behavior analysis therapy, um, primarily for children on the autism spectrum. Um, I think as you said, we, we actually started Bright Futures in 2007, um, technically, as, technically as a private school for one kid, yeah, um, yeah. yeah that it was um, the the first kid that I had you know ever worked with in an applied behavior analysis setting. Hmm. Um, it, at that point, was in high school, and his family and and we recognized that it was virtually impossible for him to get what he needed through traditional means and so we then started bright futures literally in my grandparents kitchen (laughs) um as as a private school for for one kid and then um what we did simultaneously is i worked as a consultant for 
school systems or families that have enough, you know, money to scrape together anything to get access to applied behavior analysis therapy. Um, yeah, so that's that's the really short version. <laughs> well, that's that's amazing. Well, Joe, I got to ask. I mean, what got you into this line of work? Um, so I my background is that I, I say I'm from Southern West Virginia because mm-hmm. we genuinely did the tour as a child. That um, originally I was born in the Huntington area, Barbersville, um, and my dad is a service person, so he was a uh, you know in the military and police, mm-hmm. and so we literally did the tour of Southern West Virginia, Wyoming County, Mercer County, Raleigh County, all of those. Um, but thankfully, at the point when we were in Wyoming County, and I was in first grade, um, I had an incredible teacher, uh, Susie Blevins, who was fantastic. Um, recognized that okay, yeah, I was a you know pretty smart kid, but I wasn't learning to read, and so to date myself a little bit um in in 1980 learning disabilities were a new concept and there certainly weren't resources readily available in wyoming county Hmm. and so i'm incredibly even fortunate to have fantastic parents that then said okay well what do we have to do and then we moved back for a while um, to the to barbersville and i was able to go to a specialist um, in huntington that you know, I worked with her and then she largely taught me how I needed to learn. And so I knew from an early age that I wanted to be able to specialize similar to how you know, I worked with Dr. Dunn. And mm. so I didn't know exactly what that would look like. I used to say from probably about, you know, second or third grade on that one day I knew I wanted to have a school for kids with learning disabilities. Wow. And so I, as then a special ed major at Marshall, I saw a flyer um, in Jenkins Hall for a family that was recruiting college students to come and work in their in-home applied behavior analysis program, Mm. which I, I of course, didn't know what was because it was a relatively new thing then. Um, But historically, um, what happened for families who had, you know, children with autism is most of the time they were told that there wasn't much hope for Mm. progress for their kids. Um, until 1987, a pivotal study came out of UCLA that demonstrated that with early intensive behavior therapy, applied behavior analysis, it was effective for 90% of the kids, meaning that you know, 50, almost 50% of the kids made so much progress that they were nearly indistinguishable from typically developing children wow. and transitioned That's into amazing. kindergarten. Yeah, it yeah. really was to, yeah. get, to go from you know, it's imagine, you know, you're a parent with a young child, you get a scary diagnosis and to hear, you know, there's really not much you can do. You're probably gonna have to institutionalize your child at the time to go. There's a therapy that is 90% effective. 50% of kids make so much progress. They, you know, are indistinguishable from, you know, typically developing children. And then significant progress is made with the remaining then 40%. So that was life changing Mm. for, for families with autism. And so there was a small network of, really incredible parents here in West Virginia that flew in experts from LA to train them how to do behavior analysis. And then they recruited college students to train us. Mm. And so that's how I discovered behavior analysis. And I fell in love with the kid, first of all, Um, he was amazing. And then, you know, fell in love with the technology and the science with, you know, how much we were able to really help kids. Mm. Um, And so then I was able to ask um, the John McCacken from UCLA, okay, I want to be you, tell me what to do. And his advice was, you know, move to LA and work for us, or there's a great graduate program in Texas, and um, I'm a proud hillbilly. (laughs) So Mm. 
uh, Texas sounded better than LA. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went for, I went to Texas to wow. grad school. So yeah, that's incredible. What a great story, and and I love the fact that you 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 almost had this calling from the second grade, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, it absolutely. It, it's is. just yeah. it's just <laughs> so cool, and I appreciate you sharing that that background. Now, I mentioned in your introduction that you were just recently, within the last month or so, named Small Business Administration Woman Owned Small Business of the Year for for 2019, and congratulations. That's incredible honor. I know that's very tough to uh, to to break through uh, all the, the amazing uh, women-owned businesses, small businesses out there in West Virginia. But uh, my hat's off to you. Congratulations on that. But well, thank you, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, and I and I think about what you're doing, and you know, bright futures absolutely fits your company, right? That's the name of your company. But you're giving these young people hope. And, and really being able to give them an opportunity. And I really think that's very cool. So congratulations. But I want to know right now, what is the thing you're most ex- excited about for your company? Um, gosh, we have so much opportunity and we're doing some really exciting things here. Um, that if I can step back just a, just a minute and tell yeah, you a little bit of the sure. downside of things yeah. um, and how we are able to exist you know, in the first place is that we were able to work with... Um, our friends at Mountaineer Autism Project, which is the collaboration of um, parents and professionals, that we were able to pass legislation in 2010 and 11 that then required some health insurances to cover mm-hmm. autism. Mm-hmm. That historically, what would happen is that if you had a child with autism, you would, you know, get a diagnosis and then hear, okay, your child needs, you know, significant amount of therapy and there are you know lots of things that can be done to you know help them achieve to their maximum benefit but unfortunately insurance didn't pay for anything nothing at all um and so after about a five-year legislative campaign we were able to pass that legislation um which opened up access to about 23 percent of the kids in west virginia um so we're obviously really excited about that but at that time, like Medicaid was explicitly excluded, um, and it really only applied to PEIA and CHIP. Mm-hmm. And the funding that we were able to get was only about enough to cover functionally half a dose of treatment for 23% of kids. So that's how we were able to get started, though, because you know that's way more than zero coverage. Sure. Um, and so that's what we've you know been working on. And then we're excited that we've been able to continue to to work uh, with folks and that Medicaid policy now does cover behavior analysis. And so we're working to expand coverage across the state to get kids access. Um, that it is still right now through Mountaineer Autism Project, our best predictor is that less than 10% of kids on the autism spectrum have access to applied behavior analysis. Mm which is what we know through 40 years of research right. to be the most evidence-based treatment. And so um, through, MAP, through MAP and CARES, those are our organizations that are working to increase access. One of the problems is we now don't have enough providers um, that are trained to, to do it. So we continue to do lots of things to increase access through policy change and making sure we can pay for providers. And then we're trying to do some things to increase the number of trained practitioners. And then one of the exciting things that we're doing here at Bright Futures is we have, you know, a few kids that have done phenomenally, phenomenally well and have functionally graduated out of needing an intensive program. And our, you know, our, the first kid that we um, that we took when we opened the clinic, who was three years old, three years old at the time, like very traditionally autistic, you know, completely nonverbal, you know, really no play skills. That little boy is now in a 
typical fourth grade or will be in a fourth grade classroom wow. functioning completely, you know, independently and it's fantastic. So, you know, we're celebrating that while we do have some kids that continue to need a significant level of services. And so we've just started a really great partnership with Camp Appalachia that's mm-hmm. also here in Taze Valley that Church yep. of the Depot yep. purchased um, what was the former Salvation Army, Camp Happy Valley. And so literally today, before we called, I was with our kids at Camp Appalachia. Wow. Um, and so it was really great to see kids that have been working really hard for years to you know learn how to communicate, learn how to play, yeah. get an opportunity to be out in the real world and just be at camp for a couple of days. It, that was fantastic. It, that's so, amazing. And, and, yeah. and just listening to your passion that you have in your voice for these, these young people and, you know, giving them them hope is incredible. I, I, I want to share a quick little anecdote with you. I have um, here, I'm, I'm, my office is in Morgantown and, and mm-hmm. I've been here for many years and uh, for the last 16 years I've been uh, involved with an organization called Miracle League Baseball and mm-hmm. uh, I've been a coach for the last 16 years and we have a kid uh, who's been on my team virtually every every year and when he first came to us uh, he was so, he had um, tactile issues, in other words he couldn't touch anything but now yeah. you know, not only can he hold a baseball bat but he can hit an underhand pitch <laughs> and, and, and run the bases and it's just incredible so I can you know and that's just coming from a lay person somebody that doesn't know anything about autism you know but here working with this kid over the last 16 years I've seen this and it's so rewarding I can't even imagine the kind of um, the feeling that you get just being able to help so many kids in your in your program that's that's incredible so my hat's off to you Joe oh, Joe what, what is the geographic market you serve is it all of West Virginia is it parts of West Virginia you go into other states talk, talk a little bit about that Sure. Um, We right now, um, our clinic is located here in Putnam County um, that we're right off the new 35 exchange. Um, And so that is the only location that we're currently in. Um, But we do have families that travel from as far away as Parkersburg every day. We have two families that travel for us, you know, hour and a half each way every day. Um, We've had families from Logan, Boone, Lincoln, Cabell, Putnam. I mean, so really, you know, the the Valley, the Kanawha Valley plus, you know, up into Parkersburg in that area too. And the need is great. I mean, do you have a, a, you know, a handle on how many, you know, what, in terms of the population, I mean, is it, is it hundreds, is it thousands of, of young people in West Virginia or? Yeah. Um, based on the latest census data, um, mm-hmm. we estimate that there's between five and 6,000 oh you know, kids 18 years and younger mm. on the autism spectrum. Wow. Um, and throughout the state, there's only a handful of places that provide mm. applied behavior analysis. And so um, that's where we, you know, then do the math of the prevalence rate of autism is one in 59 now, wow. um, which is really, you know, there's, mm. we can have that conversation if you'd like of, you know, <laughs> what's going on with that. But the bottom yeah. line is, you know, I've been in the field for almost 22 years. And yeah. when I started, the prevalence rate was one in 2000. Yeah. And now we're wow. one in 59. Wow. And so the demand is Huge. We have yeah. a waiting list here. Every place Gosh. has a waiting list. How many? So. How many uh, employees do you have on your team? Um, about twenty-five. Oh my gosh! So, so this yeah. is a, this is a big venture that you got going on. That's the thing too, is because you know when we were working on legislation, yes, the primary you know rationale for insurance coverage and treatment is because this is what children need mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to have mm-hmm. their best outcome. Yeah. But there wasn't enough conversation about the business opportunity right. that this creates, that this, I mean, this yeah. is, this is healthcare, right? Yeah. And would, would we as West Virginia be okay if only, you know, less than 10% of our population that needed access to doctors, if 
if we were less than 10%, would we be okay with that? Great question. I don't think yeah. so. I don't yeah. think we would. Yeah. And would we say we don't care if we have doctors and nurses and physical therapists? I don't think we'd be okay with that either. Um, because, as, yes, I know, you know, one of the things that we're concerned about is the brain drain and keeping young people here. Right. This is absolutely a component of that because mm. with the prevalence rate of 1 in 59, how many families that you're going to want to stay here are going to be affected but can't because their kids can't get what they need. Like wow. we've had, we've had these families here. And to be honest with you, we help them move and it kills my soul. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but it's true. We wow. had um, one of our families that was a very prominent doctor hmm. at one of the hospitals, proud, you know, classic, you know, high school sweethearts, West Virginia boy and girl does well. Their child gets autism diagnosis and has a significant level of need. We worked with them here at the clinic early intervention and he made great progress. Hmm. But then when we looked at across the board, what services are available to you, they had no choice but to move. Wow. And so That's they and multiple families leave. And so yeah. again, this is something that we really need to look at the number of jobs that we we've created um, that since we passed legislation, I think the number of jobs, you know, through our national boards is mm. about 170 wow. jobs. Yep. And that's with less than 10% of kids actually having access. And wow. so when we look at the surrounding states of the job postings, um, they're in the hundreds and thousands of job postings for behavior analysts. In West Virginia last year, we had two job postings. Mm. So, wow. so yeah, it's a, in a, it's a, it is a win to be in every category because we also know that if with early intervention for one child with autism across their lifespan, we save about $2.3 million in hmm. well, further needs. Well, so, Jill, so, yeah. that, you, you make a compelling argument for sure. Jill, I want to take a quick second to mention sure. some of our sponsors for Positively West Virginia, and they are the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. It's the support we receive from these organizations and companies that allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today, folks, is Jill scarborough McLary. She is the owner of Bright Futures. Jill, let's get back into it. I, I, I hated to cut you off there, but man, oh, I, no I tell you, you have, you have a lot of things going on right now. What, let me ask you, what is the vision that you have for your company long term? Um, yes, that is a great question. And one of the things that we're really putting a lot of energy into figuring out right now, um, to be honest with you, my long-term vision is behavior analysis is, is a science mm -hmm. and it is the, also one of the most effective methods for education that we are known for autism intervention. Again, we have, you know, incredible research that, you know, demonstrates life-changing results for people on the autism spectrum, but we also have years of research that shows that behavioral methodology in education is also mind-blowing. For example, there is a lab school based out of Seattle, Washington that we um, have done training with to help us also start serving kids with learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, that it's Morningside Academy, based out of Seattle. Um, again, I, you know, as I said, I have a learning disability. My niece now um, is severely dyslexic, as well as my daughter. You know, was having some challenges with math, and we went to Morningside a couple of summers ago. I took one of my staff to do their teacher training, and then I took my daughter there because at Morningside they take children who may or may not have a diagnosis, but are for whatever reason are underachieving in, in academics, they guarantee you your child will make two years of academic progress in one year in their lowest area, or they pay your $25,000 back. Mm. 
so as we have these really heated conversations about education reform in West Virginia, behavior analysis needs to be a part of that conversation hmm. because yeah. we have phenomenal tools and techniques um, that, that we can genuinely change trajectory of, of kids' lives. And so we're doing some things here. We're actually um, about to partner with um, also Taste Christian School to, to have a program within their school. Hmm. Um, so my long-term vision is getting behavior analysis access to to kids who need it regardless yeah. of their diagnosis that's awesome that's so, a great vision so yeah. a great vision <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lot of work it's a long time it, between now and then but that's the direction that we're going so yeah. jill as a, as a business owner talk about your worst business moment oh gosh um the hardest thing honestly was right after we passed the legislation mm-hmm. um and to realize that until you know, until then I was a you know a contractor or, or a, excuse me a consultant mm-hmm. um, primarily and it's really ironic that I just won the business owner of the year thing because if you know me you know I never wanted anything to do with <laughs> business <laughs> politics uh, or insurance like you yeah. could probably like I never uh, wanted to do anything with those topics but that's what kids needed and so that's mm-hmm. what we did um and so after we passed legislation i kind of lost my mind a minute mm-hmm. because i didn't know how to run a medical company mm-hmm. and i didn't want to <laughs> right, right, I, right. I wanted to i wanted to help kids and work directly with children and help staff know how to help them and so you know we actually looked at selling bright futures at that point um and because this is what's happening nationally as each state passes legislation then they have to figure out how to transition to you know, a company that's funded through typically educational contracts mm-hmm. or, you know, private contracts to now become a medical provider to learn how to, you know, do the gauntlet of insurance billing and, you know, all of those things. Gosh. And so, you know, again, we, we really looked at so was selling the company. We looked at a couple of options. I sat down with my team and it became really apparent really quickly after we met with a couple of the buyers that their intention was to make, you know, turn us into a billing machine. Mm-hmm. That, that was really what they cared about was, you know, how are we going to make profit? And not that obviously this is Bright Futures, yes, is a for-profit business, um, you know, that there's a balance <laughs> between right. that. But when you're talking about, you know, children's lives and desperate families in mm. need of your services, mm-hmm. profit is the last thing we're going to consider. Mm. And so um, our, our team just said, look, we would rather take less pay, go without benefits, and do whatever it takes to do this our way. Wow then we will ever work for anybody else for a day. And so that's that's what we did. So we took the leap of faith and we said, okay, we, we don't know how to do this, but we're gonna figure it out. Um, and it was, I mean, it was an incredible challenge to, you know, because we were also new to insurance companies. They had mm-hmm. no idea what to do to, with us because, you know, there was policy change that said they had to pay for our services, mm-hmm. yet there are no billing codes that exist for us. Wow. There's not, we're not licensed, you know, through traditional measures. And so figuring out how to, you know, manage that gauntlet mm-hmm. was, was really incre- you know, incredible. It was a new challenge. frontier. Really. It, it really yeah. was a yeah. new frontier. Wow. Yeah, it really was. So Jill, yeah. how, do, how do you attract new customers you know, patients or clients, how do you attract those folks to you? How do you get the word out about this? Well, um, it's one of those, you know, pros and cons from a purely business perspective. It's, you know, there's a great more, you know, demand than we have supplies that we actually typically don't advertise, um, that it is primarily word of mouth that we get referrals through, uh, birth to three services, Mm -hmm. through the autism training center, through physicians, through hospitals, Mm -hmm. um, that then folks come in contact with us. And 
it's unfortunate too that the way that our waiting list works is it's also you know not a first come first serve waiting list that mm-hmm. we then have to you know sit down and make before we started an 11 point weighted decision matrix mm-hmm. to help us measure who could we best serve mm-hmm. and so we we don't <laughs> typically um you know advertise our challenge though is finding providers and pri- providing staff that that's what um we really need to put more energy into um is helping us is that um again going back to the need is so great and one of the challenges is people have never heard of behavior analysis they've never heard you know when you ask the question what do you want to be when you grow up right the board certified behavior analyst is nowhere on the list <laughs> right? right have you ever heard of that no <laughs> right yeah no but you've heard of like oh i might want to be a speech therapist exactly. i might want to be a psychologist right. yep. i might want to be a teacher but you know again young you know college students do have never heard of behavior analysis Mm. and so and then we employ people from folks that are just have a high school diploma um that they are we train them to be registered behavior technicians um and so it is it is a technician job that again those jobs aren't we're not training those folks in our vocational schools Mm -hmm. or you know in, in those or community colleges so in we have to provide all that training in house and so we have to recruit staff who know nothing about autism have never heard of this job (laughs) and then train them completely in-house and then from our behavior analysts um again they typically have never heard of this job and kind of stumble on it the way i did and so that's where we really need to put a lot of energy is letting people know about this opportunity that's that's awesome joe what's one piece of advice you would give to young business owners entrepreneurs in west virginia uh, as they're thinking about starting into a, a company a business uh what's one piece of advice you would give them um, really find your tribe <laughs> and, and who are your support people. And I was incredibly mm. fortunate that the people that took this journey with me had the same vision and the same intention that I did that, you know, Terry Leffler, Alexis Spence, Beverly McCoy all took this, mm. you know, leap with me. So that's the thing that's, you know, first and foremost Love is yeah. gather up your tribe yeah. and, 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 and have them, you know, come with you. And then second to that, it's going to sound like a plug uh, for the SBA and it is. Um, but the SBA actually does have, has a lot of really good resources um, to help young business owners figure out how to do things. And so that's one of the things that um, the award has done is really put me in contact with additional resources um, that are available that I wasn't Fantastic. aware of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I really wish Great. I had reached out to them sooner. Great advice. What's one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success? Oh, gosh. Um, it really is just, sur- I mean, surrounding myself with really caring people that mm-hmm. are here because they care about kids and, and genuinely want to have an impact. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, that is absolutely yeah. the key to our success. And, and I love the, the story you, that you... Um, relay just a minute ago with regard to your tribe as you describe them you know really um being committed to the to the to the vision that you have right yes. it wasn't yeah. about the benefits and the pay it was no. serving these these young people and making yeah. a difference and that's that's yeah. pretty amazing what's yeah. one resource you use in your in your company that you just can't live without oh gosh um <laughs> probably our office manager (laughs) (laughs) that that Michael, oh my God, Michael, uh, if you know this place, it is a circus of a thousand things at once. (laughs) And the most important resource is Michael, that he is our one hat. He is our IT department. He is our schedule. He is our biller. He is our, that's we're out great. of baby wipes. And so, <laughs> like, and oh, yeah, if I can, be, I can be out and it's no problem, but if Michael's not here, we got a problem. So it's yeah, Michael. That's great. That's great. What's one book you would recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs, business owners? Um, 
it's a little cliche right now too, but also probably Brene Brown, like Dare to Lead. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 She's great. fantastic. Yep. We have a little section on our website, uh, positivelywv.com. Uh, it's our resources section. And we have every book that uh, over the last year and a half that every person each week has recommended. Uh, I, I, I don't remember that being on there. So yeah, we'll make sure it's we a have, new, yeah, uh, newer, newer publication. Yeah, but yeah that's good. Fantastic. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's and good I would stuff. also say anything by Aubrey Daniels mm. um, is also fantastic that he is a, he is a behavior analyst. And again, behavior analysis is science of human behavior, yeah. um, which also applies to business, obviously. Um, and so he is like the nationally known expert in organizational behavior management. And so anything by Aubrey Daniels is a win. Awesome. Jill, if you could um, meet anybody in West Virginia that could help get your business to that next place that you want to get, you know, achieving that vision that you have, who would that be? Can you, do you oh, have God. a person in mind that you would like to, like to meet? Hmm. I'm not sure who the person is, but here's what I know is okay. I need somebody that somebody that wants to give us money <laughs> um, right? for, for what we have now is uh, you mentioned in the bio, um, we have now an, a nonprofit wing of Bright Futures awesome. um, CARES, the Community Autism Resources and Education Systems. So I need people that are serious about wanting to change education mm. to help us do that. And so I know it's really controversial right now, educational reform, charter schools, mm -hmm. all those things. Sure. I have I have, I have a pretty strong opinion on um, some things that need to happen for the kids that we're trying to serve. Yeah, special needs um, kids. Yes, that mm -hmm. our system is so struggling so hard for so many reasons right mm. now and they flat don't have the capability to best serve mm -hmm. what these kids really need and so we need to take a hard look at it so who i want to look at is somebody that's interested in behavior analysis and what we can do for education so whoever that is give me a call awesome great well that's one of our goals here is to connect people so uh you know hopefully we can we can help you with about making a connection there jill um We've yeah. covered a lot of ground in, in the last few minutes, yeah. and uh, I really appreciate, first of all, what you're doing out there in the world of education, especially with uh, regard to serving uh, children and, and young people with special needs. It's incredible. It's a passion. It's a it's a calling, a vocation that you have. That and I love the the, the passion in your voice uh, when you talk about this stuff. Is, is there anything that you would like to mention that we haven't covered uh, as we're winding down our time here? Well, th yeah, thank you for the opportunity again. I mean, I <laughs> I can talk people straight into a coma if they want to hear about autism and behavior oh, analysis. So thanks yeah. for your time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really is just about can we please take a hard look at behavior analysis and what we're able to do, one, for kids with autism and the job opportunities <laughs> that we're creating mm. and also what we can do for education reform. I mean, that's the bottom line of what my next mission is, is mm. getting this incredible science and technology available for kids that need it. And we have a lot of kids that need it. Absolutely. Well, um, Jill, in closing, uh, what's the best way our listeners can learn more about Bright Futures? and yeah. uh, maybe get in contact with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Um, to learn a, bit, a little bit about us, you can go to our website, um, which is brightfuturesaba.com. Um, if you want to call our office, um, the number here is 681-235-3114. And I'd also, if you don't mind, love people to really learn about our nonprofit CARES, Community Autism Resources and Education Systems, mm -hmm. um, because again, we do have a waiting list. Every place has a waiting list. So CARES is what we're trying to do to do, provide some outreach services, building community, um, which is ultimately what's going to be required to get more access to services. Yeah, and absolutely. so the CARES website is wvcaresforautism.org. So please go 
Peter's website, find us on Facebook, that that's honestly where I want advertising and attention to go because we don't yeah. we don't need it at Bright Futures. We yeah. need it at CARES. Yeah. So if Great. you want to help us, go to CARES. Awesome. <laughs> and we'll have links to all those in our show notes of the podcast. Okay. So folks can just, uh, you know, get have your uh, information right there with a click. Uh, Jill, it's been an honor to have you on the show today. What you're doing is is really terrific for young people in West Virginia, and I just urge you to keep it keep it up, keep going. You, you're on to something big here, and uh, you know, like I said, it's just been an honor to have you on the show. No, it's been a complete privilege. I mean, thank you, and again, I'm I am happy to talk about it anytime. And so, thank you for your time and your generosity with let, letting me ramble about it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan as we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Jill Scarborough McLaurie in Bright Futures. Our hope is that we in some way inspire and motivate our audience by sharing the success stories in West Virginia. And let's keep these people right here, keep our young people in West Virginia. If you or someone you know of would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And, of course, we appreciate your comments, reviews, and encouragement, uh, notes of encouragement. Uh, that really helps our team um, you know, keep this going, and we really do appreciate it. Of course, we encourage you to share these stories, these podcasts, on your social media channels and giving us a shout-out. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia.